I don't really get very nervous about a lot of things at this point in my life. One of the greatest things about being able to fight in front of a crowd, not much makes you nervous after that. A failure in the ring is a pretty bad failure. I felt like going on to the Dragon's Den, we were well prepared. We had a good solid business. We had a realistic valuation and it was tremendous branding for our company. So regardless of the outcome, I just knew we'd look good and our brand would look good and it would be a great promotion for the company, which it was. I'm Peter McCulley. That's Jason Height of Victoria, who has won a Canadian National Boxing Championship as an amateur fighter, tamed the Dragons on Dragon's Den, and has provided personal security to the stars, including Nicolas Cage and Drew Barrymore in Los Angeles. We'll talk to Jason when Today in BC continues. Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device, so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know. Thanks for being with us today, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us about growing up in Buffalo, New York, and moving to Victoria as a teenager, coast to coast. I'm thinking that was probably a pretty big shift in your life. Yeah, we moved here when I was in grade 10. Definitely a big change from the East Coast in city life. I also spent some time in Alberta before we moved out here. It was definitely different. Very peaceful out here, very clean. People were <laughs> nice, polite, friendly. Not that they weren't in New York, but uh, just a very different culture, that's for sure. Whenever we watch New Yorkers on television shows, they always portray them as very curt and aggressive, I think is probably a good word. Straight to the point, <laughs> which has its pros. There's no beating around the bush. There's no BS. It's straight to the point, which is pretty good, actually. You had some boxers in your family growing up in New York. I've got two uncles that were pretty good boxers. One of them fought George Chevallo two times. Yeah, they both boxed out of Madison Square Garden, Tony Ventura and Anton LaBarbera, two good Italian boxers out of Buffalo, New York. George Chevallo was no pushover. He was a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, he was. When you were 17, you won the 1990 Island Tough Man Contest, so now we know how old you are. Then went on to represent Canada in the Pan Am Games as a boxer, I think in 1995. So how did it feel to represent the country on a larger stage or a bigger ring, as it were? Oh, it was a dream, a dream come true. I had wanted to be a boxer ever since I was a little kid, probably five years old or something. That's what I wanted to do when I grew up. And by 17, I was competing. And by 22, I was on the national team and representing Canada. So it was an absolute dream to be able to do it. So it was a lot of pride in it, that's for sure. And then you packed it all up and moved to Los Angeles to pursue a boxing career. Did you have a plan or just throw everything in the bag and away you go? I knew that in order for me to get to the next level, I had to leave Victoria, and I thought it was in my best interest to leave Canada. I went back to New York for a little bit, back to Vegas for about a year, and then ended up settling in L.A. I just really enjoyed living in L.A. at that time. It just seemed to be the right place to be. There's just so much opportunity, a lot of sparring partners, a lot of great coaching, a lot of great managers, and I'd say more than anything, just a lot of consistent competition, which we just seemed to lack on the pro side up in Canada. There's just not enough competition to get you developed quickly. As you mentioned, there was a lot of good managers and you 
managed to find yourself a pretty good manager. Bert Young, who was, folks will remember, from Polly in the Rocky movies. So tell us how you met and the relationship that you two had. Uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting how it all happened. I was bouncing in a nightclub in L.A. It was a really neat place. It's called the Whiskey Bar. It was owned by Randy Gerber and Cindy Crawford's husband. And fantastic little bar in L.A. It's pretty legendary. It's not open anymore, but it was a really neat place. Tons of action. I could go on and on about <laughs> the shenanigans in that place. But it was an incredible atmosphere really catered to celebrities, actors, musicians, and it was an industry bar. And if you weren't in the industry, you weren't getting in. Bert Young was in there one day, and we just struck up a conversation and became friends and let him know that I was a boxer and I was a big fan of Rocky and the movies and ended up sending my highlight tape to him and had probably 30 knockouts on it or something like that, just... (laughs) And he's, wow, this kid can punch and he's got some talent, got some skill. I had one pro fight at that point. Next thing you know, they signed me and was on to fighting on ESPN and HBO shows. And it was a pretty neat pathway, that's for sure. How long were you together in that partnership with Bert Young? My dream was to do exactly what I was doing. And then I got there and I fought on Friday night fights on ESPN in New York Won my fight, went out to watch the main event. The person that fought in that main event collapsed during the decision and stretchered out and passed away in the hospital, I think, about a week later. It just really changed things for me in in my mindset and what I wanted to do. I probably only had about four or five fights after that. It just changed the sport for me after seeing that. So you were training pretty hard all the time, regularly, couple times a day, at least a couple times a day? Yeah, usually twice a day. It depends on what schedule I would be at for competition. But yeah, twice a day, probably five to six days a week. What kind of diet would somebody like Bert Young have put you on? Would it be the Sylvester Stallone raw eggs diet? No, no raw eggs. <laughs> Definitely high protein, high fat, low carbohydrate. That would just keep you recovered and keep you energized trying to stay light as well. I was a light heavyweight and a cruiserweight, so I was trying to stay in my weight category as well. How many pounds are we talking? So I've fought from 170 to one in MMA, 178 as an amateur in boxing, and then 190 as a, as a pro at cruiserweight. So you were in the top three in Canada in the cruiserweight class when you retired to take on close protection work, as it's called. And in 2002, you put aside the boxing gloves and started looking after celebrities. So tell us how that happened. After the tragedy that happened on the Intrepid in New York, it was really weird. Something I've spent my entire life trying to go down this pathway was just turned upside down, right, after that. And I had always worked in security because I found it, just worked really well with uh, with my training schedule. I could work part-time and it wasn't a tremendous amount of energy. Sometimes the hours were long, but it wasn't like a hard physical job. I could focus all my energy on training and it just seemed to be a, a pretty natural part-time job. Again, I was working at the whiskey bar and we had one of our clients that came in there regularly was Robbie Williams, the British singer. I just ended up working for him. I started part-time, and then they offered full-time employment as they went on a world music tour, and 
with the disruption that had happened with my boxing career, with just the way my mentality was at that point, it was very uncertain if I wanted to continue to pursue the fight game. And yeah, I just ended up going on tour. We did a European soccer stadium tour. And that lasted almost two years, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. You must have been living out of a suitcase day after day. Yeah, it was a lot of travel. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of travel. Well, it would be great for a young guy to go and see Europe, wouldn't it? Oh, it was fantastic. The experiences that we had were incredible. The places I got to see, the scale of what we were doing was incredible. I think it was 22 shows. The one tour we did was 22 shows, and they had sold over 2.2 million tickets. And we did three days at Nebworth with 135,000 people per night flying in and out by helicopter. And it was a really neat experience. So if there's 135,000 people in the stadium, you're not the only guy looking after Robbie Williams. There'd be a big security team for that. Can I assume that there's different levels to this type of work? For instance, somebody just needs to be safe when they travel or make appearances or that kind of thing. But if they've received threats of some sort or another, so it takes a different kind of security work to a higher level? Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, different levels of protection in what the client might need. Sometimes it's just protecting them against themselves. Like I remember uh, years ago hearing about Charles Barkley having a bodyguard and Charles Barkley doesn't need a bodyguard. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody made Charles Barkley angry, (laughs) (laughs) maybe he needs a, a voice of reason in his ear. They're like, hey, don't don't engage. Because a lot of the times that the celebrities are targets for lawsuits and people will try to get them to engage into combat. And I'll try to engage them in a fight to get them to put their hands on them and get a lawsuit going against that. Sometimes it's against an outside threat. Sometimes it's just being the voice of reason in their ear as well. So it all depends on the client and what's going on. Interesting. I know that you did some work for Drew Barrymore. I definitely had a a pretty neat group of people that I looked after, was blessed to have a clientele that that I had. Everybody I worked for was cool. Everybody I worked for treated me decent. As far as the stories go, there's definitely stuff I'd like to be able to talk about, but we would typically operate with NDAs, non-disclosure agreements with clients. So not really a lot we can discuss, but much as I'd like to be able to tell you some interesting stories, I have to remain tight-lipped about the ins and outs that were going on. Drew Barrymore was one of the people that you did security for. David Duchovny, Nicolas Cage, were there other big names that we would recognize? I would say those would probably be the most recognized names. I've also worked for some people in the corporate world. I had some pretty interesting experiences in the corporate world as well. I had some interesting experiences in the fashion world, the film world, the music industry. I'd say the music industry was probably the most entertaining. Well, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> The tours and the giant crowds and the performances, to me, those would be the most exciting. When Today in BC continues, Jason Height talks about his Parkinson's boxing program, being on Dragon's Den and training fighters in Victoria. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. I'm Peter McCulley. Jason, you've got your own gym in Victoria, Island MMA. One of the programs you've been offering is boxing for people with Parkinson's. 
I'm interested to know how boxing helps people with Parkinson's. It's been a, a neat program in the sense of you can really see what high intensity training does for people with Parkinson's disease. It really helps them with the symptoms of it. So if they're regularly training, high-intense training, it will alleviate the symptoms. So they have to stay on it. They have to stay busy with their exercise program just to see the heart that they have in there. It's a real inspiration, uh, and it's been inspiring for the athletes as well to see how hard these guys work, and, and it's very motivating. So is this related to the hands and arms? Yeah, it's just movement. It's movement. High intensity is the movement and the coordination, and it will just temporarily alleviate the symptoms. So you've competed in boxing, kickboxing, and MMA with a record of 42 and 5, I should add, which is really very impressive. How many times a week would you be training when you were competing, and, and what kind of diet are we talking about? There would always be types of phases of what we're doing and where I'm at with my training. But if I was training for a competition, it's mainly about recovery and trying to stay in my weight category. So it'd probably be a little bit calorie restricted, carbohydrate restricted, high protein, high fat. Uh, so really making wise food choices and a lot of plant-based food as well. I'm trying to get probably 60 to 70% of my food, which would be like raw plant-based food, keep me lean. And you're proficient in several forms of martial arts and fighting styles? I always just was fascinated by the martial arts. Like as a kid, I just thought they were so neat. I just wanted to learn everything I could, every style I could, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Krav Maga, whatever I could learn that I thought was effective, I wanted to learn. It's a fantastic art. There's so much knowledge to it. What a great way to work out as well. It's fantastic for your athleticism. Like I say, it's like a chess game. There's so much knowledge in there. How many steps can you think ahead? So I read for you, it's all about getting in shape and being healthy, which you say is really good for the spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're in good shape and you're eating well, I, when you've got the endorphins from working out, I just think mentally you're in a fantastic place. I think everybody's got their passions of what they do for their health and wellness. And there's a lot of answers out there for how people balance their health and balance their state of mind. I think martial arts is a fantastic one for me. I love it. It's one of my true loves that just keeps me happy and motivated and feeling good. And it's great to be able to share that with my students at the gym. And a lot of people are getting back to the gym after not being at the gym for a while. The COVID shutdown was tough. It really was. We really saw the effect on the order of gyms being closed. It was really hard on the community. It was really hard on the businesses. Unfortunately, I think we're going to see the effects of that for a long time coming. I've seen some of what it did to some of the children that were locked down, and I think they had it the hardest. And some of us who are getting up there in years, our COVID weight is not going away very easily. <laughs> I'm here to attest to that. Mine as well. I'm still working on getting that COVID weight off. <laughs> Jason, you founded your own regional MMA promotion called the Armageddon Fighting Championships. And in 2011, you and your then partner appeared on the Dragon's Den TV show in search of new investors. And you ended up getting a deal at the time with Jim Terliving and Robert Herkovic. Were you nervous standing backstage before going out to meet the Dragons or... Was this just like another fight for you? 
You know, one of the greatest things about being able to fight in front of a crowd, not much makes you nervous after that. Failure in the ring is a pretty bad failure. So compared to that, I don't know. I don't really get very nervous about a lot of things at this point in my life. And I felt like going on to the Dragon's Den, we were well prepared. We had a good solid business. We had a realistic valuation and it was tremendous branding for our company. So regardless of the outcome, I just knew we'd look good and our brand would look good and it would be a great promotion for the company, which it was. Your Jim Island MMA competed recently at the Herringay Box Cup in London. That was in June, and you won best team at the competition. And the team as a whole won four gold medals and two silver medals. That's a pretty big deal because I understand, like, some countries send a large contingent from their country to compete in this particular event. I have Island MMA and Island Boxing. Those are my two gyms. Our boxing program, we sent our 126-pound female, Tara Smith, who's number two in Canada right now. I went over there with the BC team. So BC sent six athletes there, and they did fantastic. They did really well. To see them come home with that many medals against that high level of competition and to get the best boxer of the tournament for Braden Horkoff, our heavyweight boxer, and then Tara Smith as well, won a, won a silver on a close decision against the hometown girl. So very pleased with how they did. It was an incredible performance and really nice to see where we stand against people internationally because it, it can be tough boxing out of, out of BC. Just logistically, we're very spread out. Travel costs are high compared to some places like, hey, if you're in New York or, or L.A., you've got millions of people in your surrounding area to compete against. We're pretty spread out here. So we may not have the same amount of experience as, as you know, a lot of the competition that we go up against, but we're proving that we belong there. You mentioned Tara Smith, who trains at your gym. She was a runner-up at the 2019 Canadian National Championships, And I thought it was fun that she's a chartered accountant by trade because I know that's the kind of accountant that I want looking out for me with Revenue Canada. (laughs) Absolutely. She's a smart girl, hardworking. She's a role model. Like She's a great athlete, disciplined. As far as me as a coach goes, that's everything I could ask for in a student. So I see if she continues to do well, she could be in line for the Olympics. She's got a good shot. I'm really confident that Canada will be sending an athlete in that weight category to the Olympics. The girl that is scheduled to go, Terrace has beat her three times. So she's got a good shot. She's just got to get that international experience, which I guess it can be a challenge on our end because it starts to get costly. That's, that's the biggest barrier that we're up against to get the experience that we need. The international experience is, is the travel. She's got the talent. I think we need more support for the development of these athletes, but we have a pretty good support system in place here and we're doing everything we can. The Island Boxing Team, they're going to compete October 1st here in Victoria at the Bayview Roundhouse. So you'll get a good chance to see all the local boxers that we have here competing on October 1st. Jason, in 2020, you threw your hat in the ring for counselor in Victoria. It was a by-election, I believe. What prompted you to do that? What were the issues that you felt needed to be addressed and would you do it again? I just cannot believe the state of politics that we're in, be it municipal, provincial or federal state of politics. I'm so disappointed in the leadership that we have. There are some good leaders out there, but I just feel like 
leaders nowadays are trying to succeed on division instead of unity, which to me is not what a leader does. Leaders should unite people, not divide them. I see poor decision-making out there. I see a lack of economic and business sense out there. I have a business in Langford and a business in Victoria, and there's a huge difference doing business in the two cities. Langford opens you with welcome arms, supports you. Victoria, Victoria's not a safe city anymore. It's changed. It's changed drastically. I lived in some really rough places in New York, Vegas, LA. I've worked all over the world in very dangerous places. I do not want to see the city turning into a place where you would have to worry about your children being safe. I think the city needs work within an attempt to get in. Last time it was a by-election, so there was one seat. I didn't want to do anything that would risk splitting the vote. There was a quality candidate, Stephen Andrews. I endorsed him and stepped out, and he ended up winning the election. There is another election coming, and I am thinking about doing it, but I actually don't want to. (laughs) I think it would be a thankless job. I think it would be a really tough job. It's a big commitment. It would pull me away from what my energy is being spent on currently, which is my gym and my athletes and and the fight game and promoting that, which I love. I really enjoy it. To get caught up in politics would not really be very enjoyable, but at the same time, I feel like we need good leaders and I'm really not seeing a lot of good leadership right now. I got to think a lot more about it, but the, the election is coming up in the fall, so I would have to make up my mind if I were to go back at it pretty soon here. Okay, Jason, let's leave folks with advice that you would have for anyone thinking about training these days for any of the mixed martial arts or competition or boxing. As far as the MMA side goes, I think MMA is like just a natural progression out of a lot of years of training, a lot of experience, a lot of competition in other types of martial arts, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing. MMA is not something you rush. MMA is a long journey to get there with good coaching and good credible trainers that have proven track records of athletes they've trained specifically that they've trained not people that poached from other gyms and look at who they've developed that's the big one look at the gym look at the manager look at the coaches who have they developed it's a natural progression i wouldn't ever rush anybody going into mma as far as boxing goes i think boxing is a fantastic sport for people to compete in i love it and it's an incredible test of oneself and if it's something that you want to do amateur boxing is in a great place in bc And there's a lot of opportunity out there. There's a lot of good gyms out there. There's a lot of good coaches out there. Get in, start training. Again, it's a natural progression. Get in great shape, get sparring, learn the skills, learn the technique. And when the time's right, your coach will put you in there. I'd like to thank Jason Height of Island MMA for being with us on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send us a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. It may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm.